Right, Charlie, Bob, I'm Rick Giddy of the BFI, and I think you know Gus Minto, the geezer from BBC Studios. Hi, Gus. Yeah, Rick. Yeah, Bob and I have got something special, something special with a Hoovian flavour that we, we know you'd love for the Missing Believed Wiped at 25 celebrations. Have a guess what? You haven't found some missing Doctor Who? No. A kaleidoscope has found some missing bits of Doctor Who and you're helping to piece them together? Uh, no. You don't mean that Phil Morris is about to return some Doctor Who at long last? Don't be ridiculous. Look, this, this guessing could go on forever. Here's the thing. This is a celebration of finding and restoring lost films, yeah? Yeah. What better way of commemorating that than with an animation? Um. Really? Okay. What would you say if I mentioned the wheel in space? That it's the least impressive or coherent story in season five? Uh, it's the worst Cyberman load of old pony from the 1960s. Well, yes, that's all true. But anyway, what about animating wheel? All of wheel, or, or just the four missing episodes? Well, uh, we we thought we'd just do the uh, the one episode. Oh, still, it's got Cyberman in it. That's got to be blinding. Actually, we picked the one that's not got any Cybermen in it, which is generally acknowledged to be the least exciting of the six. Hmm. Well, I guess it's still 25 minutes of content. Might help sell one of our dollar releases if we stick it on as an extra. Well, 10 minutes anyway. It's uh, it's not the whole episode. <laughs> oh, well, it'll be nice to see Jamie in that gillet thing he wears. Nah, we thought we'd just reuse the same figures from the macro animation. We can talk about the macro animation. There's no such thing as macro. There's no such anyway. thing as macro. <laughs> it's uh, it's not as if Doctor Who fans are very observant, is it? I mean, they'll never notice, will they? Okay, fellas, I'll warm into the idea. The style of a black and white animation should fit in with the other programming. Actually, we've made it in colour. Well, oh, for goodness sake. Why, Charlie? Why? What's the point? Look... We, we did a test animation for BBC America who wanted a colour version, but it turned out that they'll watch any old tat in the US, so they've just banged out a dodgy slideshow instead and we're left with this monstrosity. <laughs> uh. Well, as it happens, fellas, we have a bit of a programming gap for our first session, and all I've got to fill it with right now is some regional ITV idents, so I'll have it. Done. You have been... Hello again and welcome to episode 4 of 13cast. I'm Richard and here are Giles. Hello. Paul. Hello. And Simon. Hello everyone. After our pre-titles dabble into missing episodes, a topic that interests us all, it's back to series 11 for our review of Demons of the Punjab and Kablam! Exclamation mark. Yeah. But first, it's time for Simon to play Recognise That Accent Time. Ooh. So, 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 Simon, where's Lee Mack coming from? Hmm, Lee Mack. Mm, that's probably about as Indian as the setting for the demons of the Punjab. <laughs> Lee Mack. Uh, it's got to be Mockney, hasn't it? If he's one of these um, comedy store stand-up lovies. No? As it turns out, Lee Mack is from Southport in Lancashire. Ah. Oh, no. 
that's my definitely my Achilles heel, Lancashire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a town that's supposed to be by the sea, but if you go there when the tide's going out, you can spend the whole day looking for it. Mm. I went once for a uh, brass band contest at um, <laughs> Pontins Holiday Camp in uh, in Southport. It's uh, never never to be forgotten. Mm. Um, anyway, um, moving on. Uh, I can't even I can't even pronounce this. Julie Hesmondhalg. Bless you. <laughs> uh, would she be the HR lady with yes. the Dame Edna Everidge glasses? Gotta be Australian. <laughs> Come on. Oh dear. And the answer is Accrington Stanley. Yeah. Accrington oh. Stanley. Okay. Who are they? <laughs> <laughs> or at least Accrington and Lancashire. That's yeah. Lancashire again. <laughs> hmm. Is that anywhere near the Punjab? Didn't I tell you when we got that parade of actors forthcoming in the rest of the series at the end of the first episode? They all, they all seem to be north of somewhat north of Watford. They, mm. I think I've been borne out. Yeah, yeah. It's an observation. It's, it, it's certainly proven that every galaxy has a north. It, it, it could be just be their Chibber's mates from his time in uh, Liverpool or Sheffield. Yes, that's well. well. Not been so much of a a Dorset agenda though, has there so far? That's true. <laughs> Okay, so any other opening thoughts from the team um, on either the last episode or um, Doctor Who in general before we before we go in on the two episodes that we're reviewing? Viewing figure seems to be sort of creeping down ever so slowly. I mean, it's not it's not dropped that much, but it's each week it seems to be a little bit less than the last. Hmm. <clears throat> I'm getting the sense. I mean, uh, the woman who fell to her earth, I gushed with praise about that. I, I thought that was I thought it was excellent and what a what a start it was to the mm. to the new series. But I'm getting that horrible sense now, Richard, that things are beginning to flatline a little. Mm. You reckon? Mm. Well I I should there's not nothing has reached that peak again for you, has it then since? Because for me it's been up and down, up and down, but it's um it's back on an upward trajectory at the moment, mm. which mm. which is pleasing. Okay, well, let's not tantalise our listeners any longer, and we'll we'll start by discussing demons of the Punjab. So, who wants to kick us off with what they thought about that? Uh, I may as well. If, um, yeah, um, I I loved it. It was um, one of the best bits of slices of Doctor Who for me. Um, Personally, I thought it was about the, the most I've enjoyed the show since um, Vincent and the Doctor. Um, so that's quite some time. Um, mm. since that, and that was kind of my yeah, fairly long-running uh, yeah, favourite episode of the Moffat era, I would say. Um, I don't know. I can't quite articulate why. Um, in some ways, there's... Um, I, I can acknowledge that it had some of the same faults that we've seen in in some of the other episodes and um you know i've chatted with friends mm-hmm. who've happily been able to pick um plot holes and so on in it but for me um the way i tend to you know engage with these things is if i'm enjoying the story and i'm, I'm actually engaged with the characters and the plot uh then i you know i can put all of these you know these other kind of things 
to one side and just just really get into it. And and that episode certainly did that for me. Mm-hmm. Paul, what about you? <clears throat> yes, I my mm, I saw I saw Giles's reaction before I watched it, which um, unfortunately set my my expectations slightly too Ooh. high. But I did I did no, I'm not blaming you for that. <laughs> but how dare you? And don't do it again. <laughs> I, I thought I was very pleased. Um, I think the, I mean, uh, another thing. Uh, if I, I'm anything less than glowing about this episode. It's not mainly down to Giles. It's it's down to it coming after Rosa mm. because um, I still that's still way up there as my favourite episode. But this was you know, a fair second, and um, there's a pattern forming there. I'm wondering if when we get to the end of the series, will all the historical stories have been my favourite? And if so, what will that tell me? There's definitely something something distinctive about the way they're approaching them, hmm. isn't there? <clears throat> I mean, I know we've talked about the way that the, uh, the stories have taken a more subtle approach to the idea of evil or villainy or just the general idea of an antagonist for the Doctor in each, each story, hmm. but the historical ones are the ones that are personifying that. I think so yeah they're personifying, personifying that subtlety um, which at its best this series is the subtlety is something you appreciate at its worst it's when it, it's an absence it's an absence of something rather more dramatic or melodramatic that mm. we, we've been used to for 50 years so <clears throat> it's not all, it's not entirely a positive I'm not saying that I have spent the last few years thinking that the programme was too over the top and wishing that they would drain some of the colour out of it. But anyway, well, especially talking about this episode, I thought it was a very nice piece of drama and probably a better piece of Doctor Who than, than Rosa, just to make that comparison again, because the, uh, the science fiction strand of the plot, I thought, was more imaginative and better integrated and more, and more surprising. Uh, it had an actual twist, which... Um, which was nice. Mm. So, and I, I, mean, I hope it goes without saying that the the main plot was delightful. Simon. Well, it, I think it's time we're past the halfway point in the series. I, I think it's unfortunately it's time to stop beating around the bush. I think both of your reviews, guys, are actually more interesting than what I saw on the screen with Demons of the Punjab. Mm. I'm ever so sorry, but I I found it unbelievably dull. Whereas Rosa had a had a point to it, in that the crew were trying to stop someone preventing a very important part of American history happening. This one, bearing in mind it was so people and story driven, didn't really have um, strong roles for all the characters involved. And this is going to sound heartless, but I couldn't really care less about someone going back in time because of a broken watch, unfortunately. It, it just didn't do it for me at all. Um, again, um, it's a science fiction and fantasy show. The aliens in it are utterly pointless. Again, it's another alien character with probably worth a plus 47 million score again in Scrabble. But <laughs> other than that, I just I just couldn't I couldn't see the point of them being in it. And if you're going to have it story and people driven, then give all of the the companions, the friends, a strong role to play. Um, Yaz doesn't seem to have any screen presence to me. I, I, I think I can say that now, having watched beyond the halfway point in the series now. She just 
doesn't hold the screen. I, I don't know whether it's the script or the or the actress. Um, Ryan was barely part of the scenery all the way through the episode. Um, the best character in it was was Prem. Uh, I think he was the Hindu guy mm. who got shot at the end. That was that was a poignant moment, but I I just it, it just wasn't it just didn't grip me. Mm. It's a real, real letdown. I, I thought Rosa was fantastic as well. That was really tightly plotted, and and there was a real countdown with that that bus journey. There, there was a bit of tension there, but I just didn't find I I just didn't find this story involving at all. So, yes, it arguably is a very important part of history as well, just just like um, American civil rights. I don't think the story and the, and the characters and the and the roles of the friends and the, and the scripts. I just didn't think it was powerful enough to get across the, the you know the consequences of the of the partition of India. So uh, didn't do it at all for me, I'm afraid. Or oh, the other thing, I've I've read lots of gushing praise about the filmography. Well, it was filmed in Spain, so I think people feel let down if they check that out. And then the part where they cut away to the woods. And they found the the alien capsule or whatever it was. Um, that looked like exactly the same woods as they used in the woman who fell to earth when Ryan again came across something alien in the woods as well. So uh, that could it could have been very highbrow and very satisfying, but it was so dull I sat there picking it to pieces, unfortunately. <laughs> so sorry about that, guys. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So so I suppose I feel for somewhere in between. I mean, I, I actually really quite liked the. The sort of lack of action and sort of slow pace, and the fact that you know it, it was um, a character piece, so that didn't bother me at all. I, I was a rather like with Rosa. I, I felt like I could have been quite happy with this being a pure historical. Mm, yes, and I felt I felt that the the um, the aliens didn't really add a huge amount. And I, I know Simon's going to shake his head at this because because they were you know that they were the only bit of threat in it. Uh, well, apart from, of course, from from the um, Hindu fanatics, but but um, yeah, I mean, I, I I could quite happily watch a um, uh, a character piece for for um, forty five minutes, and so I, I quite liked that aspect of it. And Graham, I thought, was uh, had a lovely scene in it, chatting away to to uh, yeah. So uh, Simon, I, I mean, as far as as far as um, uh, as Yaz is concerned, Mandeep Gill. I mean, she's got a Yorkshire accent, so I mean, uh, that, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sold straight away. Yeah, she got off to. I mean, um, when you, when they introduced you to all the new um, all the new characters in the woman who fell to earth, I thought, what a great idea! A, a sort of probationary police woman, going to be a strong character, lots of zest and gutsy, and it it just hasn't happened since then. And this story mm. was all around her family and what had happened in the past to to get grandma and, and Yaz to where they were in present day Sheffield and it it just didn't hold my attention unfortunately. Mm. And I, I loved I love Vincent and the Doctor as well. I like I do like character driven stories, but um there's it, just all these all these stories, there's this lack of lack of tension and lack of menace. I know we'll, we'll talk about this later about the direction, the script writing and the and the shows going in, but you still got to grab audience and win new viewers and hold people's attention mm. because if if someone asked old you know sorry guys if someone asked old timers about us you know what's Doctor Who all about you wouldn't describe something like Demons of the Punjab mm. or possibly not even Rosa mm. and um, I want I want to pass on the torch to 
to new fans. And I'm finding it very hard to do on this show. Kablam! I feel slightly different about, but we'll, we'll move on to that. But no, Demons of the Punjab, I, uh, I think that's been the weakest one of the series so far for me. Hmm, interesting. I don't, I don't disagree with your criticisms. It, it was slower than it needed to be, and the character characters weren't quite as vivid as they could have been. But, you know, I'm, I'm so used to that with this current series that... Um, that's almost become a new baseline for me. So I still, I think I'm giving it a bit of a pass because it was doing something different. Um, but as it's the second historical in a row where the Doctor has not been trying to do something, but trying to prevent something, mm. it's it's really flagging up a bit of a flaw, conceptual flaw for me there. A flaw, a conceptual flaw that was existed for most of the history of this, the program with the historicals. That when the Doctor goes into the future, present mm. or future, he can change yeah. events in the past. He can't, and based on nothing more than the fact that we know, yeah, that is in it's the past in our history books. Who, it's it's never made any sense. Yes. And Russell had a go at fixing it with his fixed moments in time, and that appears to. Have Although they're not using that phrase, that appears to have been hmm. kept as well. Yeah, I think in Rosa it was an unacknowledged fixed point in time. Here, it's the Father's Day version of time travel into the past, where you can't change things because it's your own past, and that would create a paradox. So, really, they are the only two different versions of the restrictions of travel into the past that we've hmm. seen, and they've used them both up. And, so far, so I'll be interested to see what happens in the next historical, which I think is next week, because <laughs> they can't and they can't reuse that again. They've got to start mm. treating the past a bit more like the future, or vice versa, because otherwise it's creating an artificial distinction. I think, which the viewers will start to notice if you do it too often. So the Doctor um, presiding over the marriage that led to Prem's death, didn't it? Because it offended. Because it was a, a a marriage of two different religions, Hindu and, and Muslim, yeah. that offended that offended some of the locals and his and his younger brother. Yet the yet the, I think it was the holy man who they found dead in that on the track in the woods. Mm. It would have been him who would have presided over the wedding. Mm. So mm. the doctor intervened, and uh, effectively got Brem killed. Prem hang killed. On. What are you telling me that the holy man wouldn't have been killed if the doctor hadn't been there? Is that? Established no, no that's um, I no, no. That it's it just, was... there's just um, that's just been running. I, I, I try not to look into it too deeply, but I was just trying to I, think about this policy of non-interference, just like you touched upon, Paul. I think, I, I think we're supposed to believe the events would have, regardless of that whole thorny issue. <laughs> and I won't get into this here, but one version of time travel is that these events happened once without the Doctor and his companions there, and, and when no. they turn up now, that's a different version. They have to, it's no. the Back to the Future 2 version, where you have to keep in the shadows and not be seen and not influence anything, not Stephanie Butterflies. But the, and the other version is that they were always there, yeah, I think that's which so. is the, the non, which is the deterministic version, So which means they can't, they can't change... I'm not sure what I think about that, but we could do a whole episode on the mechanics of time travel. That version suggests to me that they can't change anything if they were always there then they don't need to worry about not changing yeah, exactly because they yeah, won't be able to because no. i i but thought if that's you know those events would have transpired anyway if the doctor and the friends hadn't gone back there yeah. anyway so and to my cynical mind having not enjoyed that episode very much i thought well that makes it even more 
pointless. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. It's the same. It's the same story as Father's Day, and I'm going to see. I'm going to talk myself out of liking it now, because Father Day takes that idea, and I think it balanced the the science fiction stroke time travel and the human interest much more successfully. It was fifty fifty in Father's Day, I think, mm. and there were stakes. The Doctor warned Rose in Father's Day not to fiddle with anything, and she just couldn't help herself. It was a very human reaction when she intervened and saved her dad's life here they there's a rather half-hearted warning from the doctor to be careful and um and people take her at a word and they just stand around watching as they have done <laughs> quite a lot this series hmm. and they stand around watching there's a bit of diversion into working out what the alien mm -hmm. threat is which is a complete diversion because it isn't a threat it's a nice thematic subplot but ultimately it all comes down to yet again um, making sure that history runs its course. So that in, it is basically exactly the same plot as Rosa. It's just for a different reason. It's for a personal reason to prevent a time paradox. But, And I do understand that they don't want too much techno babble, mm. despite what I said last week about the episode being full of techno babble. I think not even mentioning the word paradox once is probably un going a bit too far the other direction. I mean, did they make it clear that um, if history doesn't play out, Yaz won't exist if you know if her grandmother marries the wrong man they do say that don't they they did mention that but the interesting thing is that that, that what that because Yaz has spotted that the man that her grandfather is marrying is not her grandfather she doesn't know what happens and neither does the doctor so actually the doctor kept stepping in to marry the two of them she can't be certain that that is how history is supposed to go because you know Yaz doesn't know and she doesn't know, so she so they just kind of freestyling to that point. So I mean, so, so the doctor's got no idea whether what she's supposed to do, if you take your first version of it, is to marry them or yeah. to not marry them. So I guess I suppose what she does is yeah, just she does what it... what feels right to her, which is to marry them, and then of course that's what that is what has always happened. I suppose nanny, sorry, I suppose nanny had told Yaz. That she had been the first woman married in, in after the partition of India. At what point yeah. um, in that first in that opening scene that True. was planted? So it's possible. It's, it's yes, it's um it's one of those slight special pleading things of you have to assume mm. there's been a off screen conversation that's filled the doctrine on that point. It's a good point because I think her grandmother has instilled in Yaz some uncertainty, some suggestion that something bad's happened, which is why she doesn't want to talk about it. But we, I, I can't remember now, I'm sorry I didn't, um, I didn't take any notes. <laughs> what a professional. But I'm not sure at what point the Doctor or anybody else realises that it's inevitable that Prem has to die. We can feel, we can see where it's going because we've watched a lot of drama. But I, don't, I can't remember at what point the characters work this out. Mm. Well, it's, it's essentially when, when the a aliens say that, that they show the picture of Prem so they know that he's going to die. So, so essentially, she knows that if they know, then he must. But again, that's a that is a very fatalistic view of history, isn't it? Um, this is, I, to me, this was some of the appeal of it. I mean, I'm not sure. I honestly don't know, given when they um started broadcasting, whether they knew this was going to go out on Remembrance Day. But, mm. but I felt that was what I found effective about it. It was a bit like the Aztecs mm. in that you know, in that regard that it was one of these, you know. It instilled some in 
in me at least it it kind of successfully installed that thing of there's this juggernaut of history mm. coming mm. and you know yes the, you know you could see the writings on the wall and it's only it's played out in this small um in this one particular small mm. setting with a um with a small time antagonist that you have to successfully dodge during the course of the story until mm. you can until you can leave so it's it is basically the same setup isn't it dramatically mm. the villain as it were isn't the main point of the story it's just a, a diversion mm. while you're exploring the surroundings mm. Mm. and um i don't know i mean and i can see i i kind of wonder whether it's it's better whether it's it was better drama than it was doctor who perhaps i think you're right i'm not sure yeah. You know, in some ways, may, maybe it just caught me in the, you know, no, maybe it, <laughs> I don't want to be like, I don't want to be like Paul and, and just talking myself out of, out of my enjoyment of the episode. Because I, you know, always, I'm always wary of that kind of over, over analytical fan thing. But, um, but yeah, I wonder whether it just perhaps caught me in the mood, no, be, in the mood for something like that on that particular mm, weekend. That's, that's fun. That makes a lot of sense. I wonder if it was deliberate. That would be. Mm. Very clever, because it's such a subtle, subtly For it being a not, di- a not direct thing, but mm. but very much, you know, for you know, for me, the the moment, the, the sort of the build up to the gun, the gunshot, and you knew it was coming, yeah. and you know, I, I was absolutely just on the edge of my seat. For I don't, I don't know why it just, it was one of those things that grabbed me by the, <laughs> grabbed me by the throat, um, and yeah. Really well, it's a nice, strong, central idea, isn't it? The, the Warring Brothers is a, an idea as old as yeah. time. So I think it, it can never hurt to have something nice and solid like that at the, the heart of your story, mm. to give it actual heart. And it, it was quite good as well, I think, to, to demonstrate that <clears throat> Indian soldiers from India were fighting in the Second World War. I mean, in these times of Brexit, mm. when you know people are, are sort of using the Second World War as Britain standing alone against all these enemies, you know, and then that's not really how it was. That there were there were a lot of nations from all around the world that uh, were part of the Allies, and, and India was one of them. Mm. Yeah. Now the the teaching that that uh, Chris is doing, the messages he's imparting to the young viewers are very timely and very very important aren't they so i i i'm yeah i i wouldn't be i feel very bad i feel a bit of an idiot picking up on the time travel aspect and and try and working that into the ground i wouldn't be if i'd found the episode a hundred percent dramatically engrossing it wouldn't have occurred mm. to me it's only because i've i felt that despite such powerful themes it's felt slightly half-hearted at times you know mm. just occasionally mm. that i'm the mind wanders and you start thinking about those things yes no, so, fair enough mm. we, all, we all agree to differ um, and a, another friend of mine I was talking to about it and he pointed out you know he pointed out the similarity of the aliens in this case which I'm not going to attempt to pronounce um, to the um, he said as he pointed out they basically mm. had the same MO as the testimony that we had at Christmas or the same basic motivation yep. and the and the Shansheath from Sarah Jane Adventures back in the day. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure yeah. that giant vulture, <laughs> giant vulture aliens. <laughs> Golly, um, yes. I'm not, I'm not sure how that happens because there are whole departments set up at the BBC that's supposed to prevent mm. that. Well, supposed to prevent that with outside 
writers from the outside, like Big Finish mm. and, the, and the books writers. But perhaps, <laughs> perhaps this episode was already too close to be cancelled before Moffat wrote, you knowing yes. him, he probably wrote the Christmas <clears throat> special script the night before, yeah. so perhaps nobody <laughs> had time to spot it. So you, you think you're, you're under special scrutiny, Paul, that, that uh, regular... I'm not saying that. <coughs> no, I'm not saying that there's anything Absolutely wrong with the amount of scrutiny. No. But it's, all, it's all proportionate and no, required. No, but we can say that. Uh, in an entirely separate and different, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and standing to one side um, from you, we we definitely didn't hear you, hear you say those words on the, on the podcast whatsoever. Mm. <laughs> ah, good. Well, I didn't good. feel it was. I didn't feel that the the reuse of that theme was egregious. I certainly it felt like it was. Again, it was part of the. It belonged. I think it was different. Yes, and it, it belongs with the belongs treatment with was different treat, enough with the treatment of that story, whereas the um. Whereas the the testimony at Christmas was rather um yeah confuzzling. I can't I can I remember their mo to some extent, but um yeah. No, this was I think this is actually much better and much stronger. Mm. Explained much more simply and precisely that they're there to honour people who die mm. alone. That's nice nicely stated. There was something very complicated about the the glass woman yes. from that Moffat mm. episode. Didn't really sink in, I'm afraid. <laughs> okay, so I think if if we um, if we move on, we can come back to some of the themes from this when we talk more generally ab- uh, about the two episodes together. Mm. But uh, it'd be nice to um, to give Simon a chance to say something more positive, which which, which he might do about <laughs> Kablam. Let's let, let, let's wait and see. Um, as as, as as a sort of um, linking theme, I was going to say, you know, uh, with regard to, to to Yorkshire Watch. I mean, you know, Yorkshire is famous for its uh, bitter internecine struggles and and its bloody mindedness which we you know, we certainly saw um examples of in demons of the punjab not of course set in yorkshire but you know non- nonetheless um um you know there's, there, there's some themes from the place um <laughs> yorkshire is also famous i don't know if you're aware there's 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 a, a triangle of land around um pontefract and wakefield uh, that's famous for for um, forcing uh-huh. about 90 percent of the world's rhubarb um, in 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 the middle of winter, it comes up, you know, nice and pink and very tender. Where do they fall? Um, yeah, and and I was thinking to myself, I mean, you know, in this in this series um, that's you know, set in Yorkshire, we, we just haven't had any any rhubarb, and and and, and then we get kablam. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, moving on. What did, what did you think about? <laughs> what did you guys think about Kablam? That's um, Kablam grabbed my interest uh, straight away. I'm pleased to say. Good. Hooray! Well, that's, that'll be the exclamation mark. It will, yeah. yeah. I thought, mm, nice, nice little um, parody of of Amazon. Could this be a corporate baddie? And sort of harking back to my heyday, the Pertwee years. And lo and behold, there were there were mysterious power drains going on. There was staff disappearing, and I thought, hmm, could there be something lurking in the basement, perhaps? Because everyone mm. seemed to, seemed to be leading towards the, I think it was the distribution centre in the basement, and um, it had smiley robots that might have been a bit more sinister. So I mm. thought, oh, fantastic! <laughs> and then it all turned into a sort of Scooby-Doo type ending. <laughs> it, was the care- it was the caretaker what did it, uh. and it and it fizzled out. So. Much better than um, Demons of the Punjab because it it had a sort of familiar sort of plot to it. All of the um, friends had a much bigger involvement, although 
Um, I don't think it's a great deal to to Ryan. Unfortunately, he's not he's not turning into someone particularly lovable for me. <laughs> unfortunately, okay. Um, Yaz had a bit more to do. Graham was really good as a, as a sort of care, trainee caretaker, but um, all that lovely build up and it and it fizzled out again. It was you know it was all about bubble wrap. Mm. So better for me I watched it with my whole family as well they all everybody sat down and watched it so that that was good that was a big tick for me as well mm. because mm. if this show's going to carry on having a longevity then it, it's got to win a new audience over so um, it might not be as highbrow as Demons of the Punjab or Rosa but it held my family's attention and they followed it all the way through and mm. I, I think the Amazon theme as well had a mm. a nice contemporary f- I, know, I know it was a galactic um online delivery service but the amazon parody had a nice contemporary feel to it as well so yeah it's big improvement on uh, demons for me good go on then paul no no i won't hear okay um i i loved it i thought it was the best episode since demons of the punjab um (laughs) 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 um no i really really enjoyed that i thought it was um Absolutely firing all cylinders. I didn't have any doubts at all about the um, about the last episode. For me, um, being a big fan, it, it was reminiscent for me of of um, the Cartmel years. It was you know had bits of Paradise Towers, bits of Greatest Show in the Galaxy, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, yeah, I liked. Um, I thought it was a. I thought it was a clever satire. I liked the. I liked the whole um, the denouements and the fact that. Um, because it was not only a satire on Amazon, but also on this whole question that I'm quite interested in of automation, of forthcoming automation of the workforce, and you know, automation of jobs, and what what are we going to do about that? And this this idea of quotas of of human staff, you know, is, is genuinely being floated, and um, and so I, I like the is fact it that really? did that, and then I like the fact that it's. Um, that it did have the Scooby Doo ending, as you put it, Simon. That it, that it dodged the, um, it dodged the you know, easy, you know, the sort of easy solution of it, the, of it being the the system and the the corporation that was actually the baddie in that, and that it was actually a misguided, um, a misguided revolutionary. Um, and I rather liked, I rather liked that. I like the fact that uh, he didn't get his. Um, yeah, I, I like the fact that he didn't get a um, uh, moment of redemption, and that he was, um, and that finally you're so bloodthirsty. No, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, you've just been waiting for somebody to well, get blown know, up, I, a villain like to the, get yeah, we, blown we talk, to little we pieces. We talked about of... this a couple of weeks ago. I'm sure that we, you know, yeah. that we said it seemed a shame that we didn't have anyone, just, you know, getting their comeuppance either by the yeah. doctor turning their plans back on them or, or having no choice but to. But to do things, and I, I thought the, you know, the way that it did that was good, um, and yeah, I just, I, I enjoyed it from start to finish. I thought it was a, a romp would be the right thing, and the, the only other thing I would say that I particularly loved about it was finally, for the first time this series, because I was starting to worry. I was thinking, okay, hang on, are the budget cutbacks arising from the fact that we get such small casts? I like the fact that we had some. You know, we had a decent sized supporting cast, a lot of a mm-hmm. lot of additional characters, and somehow Pete McToy, you know, did a very good job of balancing things so that everyone actually got 
something to do, and that mm-hmm. you know supporting characters like Kira were you know she didn't have many lines, but she was a great actress and and managed to be very you know have a very sympathetic portrayal in in what we saw of her and um, and yeah, it was nice to see um, nice to see them wandering around a, a populated place with a with a number of supporting artists in the background and and a number of additional characters. Go on then, Paul. I uh, yeah, I am largely very positive about this. I'm not, I haven't got many negative things to say. I think it's the best best plot we've had um, mm. this yes. year. It was it's very tight. I do like a nice tight plot. Sometimes it was a nice. It was a simple. Sorry, I, <laughs> don't talk over. I like <laughs> I like the fact it was a nice. No, please do. I simple mystery. Um, it did remind me of it. Did you know? Obviously, there were some visual cues that made one think of McCoy. I think the, there were a couple of greatest show in the galaxy nods right at the mm. beginning, weren't there, with the the messenger turning up in the TARDIS and then the then design the robots both looked like greatest show. And it also reminded me of some of the early Russell T. Davises, yes. but possibly the ones which themselves felt like McCoy at the mm. time, so that's coming back round. It, it reminded me of the long game quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Just the general air. Uh, one tiny little design or production issue. I didn't really agree with you on the on the cast and the and the. You said there are enough background extras. I should probably have left this till last because it's one of my few criticisms. But I did think it looked a bit empty and sparse, and at times, dare I say, it's a little bit a little bit cheap. Mm. The it was maybe that's the uh, the CGI scenes, the the lovely action scene. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> in the sorting room was terrific. Mm. Um, like out of Toy Story 2. That was... Or Attack of the Clones. <laughs> that, Toy Story 2, let's go with the uh, superior movie. But then. the rest of the time, the rest of the time I wasn't quite sure, it felt so underpopulated, that I wasn't quite sure if um, if the script had been, tried to paper over that. I mean, we told that a tenth, so 10,000 workers and a tenth of the popul- of the of the workforce are human which means there should be a hundred thousand robots and i know it's supposed to be an enormous factory i just i was it felt to me like it should have been much more crowded much more bustling and everyone should have been working a lot faster and that kind of took me out of it slightly this, mm. i felt like the script was nice and pacey but i felt the direction let it down a bit the scenes of people lethargically wrapping yeah. things in bubble wrap and, and slowly passing them on i mean it didn't really they're, they're, they're not the, the most um, evil corporate. Well, they're not. The, they're not the most assiduous corporation, are they? I mean, they're not trying to drag the last pe- um, pennies out of the, uh, no. the supply chain or whatever. No, I've no idea if any of that's supposed to be deliberate, because there are these hints that they are trying to be kind, to be a benevolent employer. But those conditions would be well, the do- <laughs> not the just by, by current days. It's not just tamed by current standards. That anybody who is workforce with that <laughs> lax would get a business within a week. I, but I, I know that's just a production I, I point. Take, I take your point, of, um, Paul. But you know, I guess I, feels I like guess I'm compare, I guess I'm comparing the. It seemed like we had a multitude of background actors and so on, compared to what we've had in some of the other stories where we had. Hmm. Yeah. Only in certain. They want to just confined to certain scenes, like the um, the. The restroom out, or whatever mm. it's called, out on the lawn. Anyway, that is completely irrelevant because that doesn't really affect 
affect the story. Uh, the script, yeah, the script was equally as tight as the plot. Some very nice lines. Very pleased with the dialogue. Mm, yes. I did like that. What was the, what's the little um, robotic head? He was the best rob disembodied robot head since Handles, mm. I thought. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was great. I, I did like the gag about the um, yes customer, customers with your medical symptoms uh, also bought blood blood pressure medication or whatever it was. It <laughs> was great. Well, why not buy cushions? Cushions liven up even the grimmest workplace, like this one. <laughs> That's such a nice little understated mm. joke, and it went past so so quickly. Uh, so you know, that's nice to be able to write down some funny lines. It was nice that the nice, talking about the plotting. It was nice that the cry for help came from the artificial intelligence behind the operation yeah. as well. That was a I thought that was a nice touch. Mm. There are quite a few twists. Although I suppose technically it only, it only counts as one twist that the evil <laughs> that it turns out that the evil system is actually a goodie. And that one of the goodies is a baddie. It's kind of just the, f the same twist flipped, mm. isn't it? That kind of leads on to the only other thing that I'm still digesting, and I'm afraid I only watched it early this evening. I'm just kind of confused about what the point, the message was. I've seen a few of my friends, a few of the more left-leaning friends, uh, on, f on social media, slightly bewildered, that it appears to be <laughs> espousing a pro-big corporation point of view, and an yeah. anti-social activism point of view. And I... I haven't quite got my head around this mm. yet. It does seem to be saying that. It does seem to be saying, be thankful for your job in the Amazon warehouse because... Yeah, okay, so so, so this is... I mean, I, I, I may now go into something of a rant. Um, um, so, because I don't think that the corporation is, is, you know, remotely realistic. That's that's really my issue with it. So, I mean, my my general view on this is, I think it's the Sarah Jane Adventures version of Robots of Death, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and I think you know, so, I like that. So, so you know, looking at Simon's point from earlier, I mean, this is this is about um, getting eight year olds to to watch, and I think this is the sort of program that probably would appeal to an eight year old. So, fundamentally, you know, I'm forty odd years too old to watch it, and I understand that, and that's fair enough. I, I think. Back in the you know in the day, something like Robots of Death, they were they were just a you know there was there was a little bit there for the kids and something there for the adults. This, this seemed a little bit lacking um, for me in in that way. And and it, I guess it was a it, it was a bunch of different things. It was um, yeah. I mean the you know I I, I work for a, for a, a relatively benign corporation, but it's a corporation nonetheless. I mean you know corporations aren't going to stand by while somebody blows up ten thousand of their robots and say oh well you know never mind you know the, you know the, the doctor just wrote off what several uh, m millions of pounds of of uh, their inventory and everyone seems to be perfectly uh, happy about that as a as a resolution. Um, mm. Bubble wrap. Who uses it? You know, I mean, these days, if if you get stuff through in your Amazon pa parcel, it either comes with those massive great air pockets, or it comes with the bits of of balled up paper in them. I mean, it never comes wrapped in bubble wrap. <laughs> bubble wrap is, you know, something from the nineteen eighties or or nineties. It's like uh. it's, it's like you know, it's somebody of my age might think that the kids will have seen bubble wrap, but they won't have done because you know, it's just it's not current anymore. You know, I mean, it's. I don't know. You know how history is circular. Everything comes back round eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at look at the arc yeah. in space. How well bubble wrap works. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I thought getting rid of of Kira was quite n nasty. Actually, mm. I mean that, that that was that was the that was the most 
offhand execution of of the the series, and it, it um, yeah. I, I I didn't actually like that. I I, I thought that was pretty callous. Um, the jumping from one conveyor to another. I mean, there was there was no realism there. I don't know. I, do, I so you know I, I I like Simon. I guess I started out thinking, oh, this is rather jolly, and 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 I I enjoyed the 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 you know, little satire on Amazon. I quite liked the banter at the st- and, and and the the, the humour at the start of the episode. I thought, oh yes, this is a bit Happiness Patrol. It's a bit. Gosh, if I could remember the name of the program, that would be great. The um, second McCoy anyway paradise towers i got that vibe from it too and you know there was a bit of a greatest hits go thing going on with the sonic screwdriver and the psychic paper but you know it's all right we haven't seen the psychic paper for a while so that was quite nice to see it but it, yeah I, hmm, I just i just couldn't really be doing with the second half of it really i do agree with quite a few of your criticism ets your little picky observations I, I, I was trying to be less picky but I, I thought them all so I'm I'm not a better man than you in any way uh, that was a very small picky little thing but in that action scene on the conveyor belts I thought it was slightly careless that Ryan ends up pushing the other bloke off yeah. the edge by high-fiving him I mean, if I was writing if I was writing that and you, and you wanted to add a, and you want that beat to add a bit of extra action in there as unconvincing as it may turn out to be, I'd have had it the other way around, mm. especially as... He's supposed they, to be clumsy, isn't he? Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they keep mentioning it, but not really using it. I don't think perhaps they would have thought it would look it would look cruel, mm. uh, try, uh, trying to get comedy out of. But I don't, you wouldn't have to play it for laughs. Yeah, yeah. It could easily have happened the other way around. The well-intentioned other character who didn't know about his... Yes. His condition, accidentally knocking him off with a simple high-five, that would could have been a really good way of bringing that back to the fore. Yeah. The other way round, I don't really like it when the Doctor or, or her companions are careless mm. with other people's welfare. Even if it's just a minor thing like that, I don't really like it. I want them to be better than us. I don't really want them to be doing the same but, stupid things I would do if I was in that situation. But I still read, but so that, I still read that as being down to Ryan's dyspraxia. The fact that he knocked, he knocked the other guy off. Did he? I'd have to watch it more that closely. Was, that was my what, interpretation, he, that he... Did he punch him he, too hard? Yes. Yeah, that was that was how I read it. That it was down okay. to Ryan's clumsiness that the other guy fell off. But I still don't think that's a great thing to be to <laughs> to ride into Doctor mm. Who because if they that could have happened that could be happening five times an episode if they really want to go down mm. that route with it. So why have we not seen him do anything else clumsy? Every time he sees a ladder or he complains yes, about it, yeah, but then manages well, to, to get up yeah. it f- perfectly well. It's a, it's very inconsistent the well, way they're using Well, there we come, there we come into questions of script editing, etc. Um... Anyway, I, I agree with you about the death of Kira, was it? that I, I know exactly what you mean. I was going to mark it down a couple of points for that, because it felt a bit... I mean, yes, it brought up, brought up some tension. That reminded me of that old Hitchcock adage about when you, sh- when you build up a lot of tension about the bomb that's about to go off. You don't then... <laughs> have it go off he learned that lesson in uh, I think it was mm. Sabotage or Saboteur I can never remember the difference a very long extended sequence of a bomb on a bus and just when he's ramped the tension up as far as it can go it explodes and the audience have had no release their, to their mm. to their tension so yeah I, that is a bit careless and it was a bit nasty and then I thought well hang on a minute there's because I'm an old softie I was looking forward to those two getting together when it turned out that he was just using her mm. I thought, okay, that's fair enough. But now I've changed my mind again because think about it a bit more. That's a bit, as the kids would say, that's a bit of a fridging yeah. moment yeah. to kill her off to to bring something out in the male character. You could have easily fixed that by swapping the genders of those mm. two characters, and then it wouldn't have looked like such a cliche. Yeah. 
but she's she's I like her. Uh, I, I meant to make a note of her name. She was she had a big part in uh, in Vanity Fair recently, so I think she's one to watch. The actress. Yeah. Um, Claudia Jesse. It's Claudia Jesse. That's, that's the one. Yes, she's I thought great. she was good. Reminds me of Anna Maxwell Martin uh, debuting mm. in the long game and going on to mm-hmm. a very distinguished career. I do like it when Doctor Who can launch. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, new talent. So, yes, I know what you mean. There were lots of little problems, and overall, you're absolutely right. I mean, the any way of approaching this discourse on corporate culture makes no sense whatsoever. It it appears to be run by people who aren't just well-meaning but almost hippies. Somehow, at the end, yeah. they suddenly decide to completely mend their ways. It's nice that it raises the issues as. Jars said it is a, yeah. a real world issue, but it's a bit cack handed if we're meant to take it remotely seriously. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. It's tricky with regard to yeah, I, I I do see what you you know, I certainly see what you mean with the with regard to the the sort of the resolution and whether or not it's is condemning activism as such. Um we well, rather, I mean, rather the leave doctor... a nasty toast in the mouth, but I, I just kind of you know, I, I think the twist. It's, yeah, I, I think I, I think I kind of forgive it that in exchange for for being a slight plot twist on. Mm. You, woods, but then, you have to be careful. You have to be careful when you twist, uh, when you insist on a twist. Mm. Aha! You didn't see that coming, did you? You thought we were going using the usual cliches. I mean, yes, we have had thirteen years. Well, particularly the first half of the of New Who, the Russell Lee Davis era, was all about evil corporations, mm. people. A lot of American viewers in particular were very upset with this anti-capitalist bent. They just can't understand it, which I think is a good excuse to keep doing mm. it, to keep plugging that message, keep plugging away that message. I think the long game did it very well that with the face, the corporation mm. being run by some faceless blob on the top floor. I mean, it's... Um, well, I mean, that, that, I mean, that's the thing about... confirmed all our fears. Uh, but this... Yeah. So say this doesn't so much as redress the balance in an intellectual way. It just rebalances, redresses the balance by reversing everything. Yeah. But not in any particularly thoughtful way, from as far as mm-hmm. I could see. Yeah, I mean, the thing about corporations is that they're not evil, particularly, just as they're not benign. You know, I mean, they are they are what they are. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's, be, it's because of the nature of a corporation, which is to try and make as much money as possible in any given situation. It's not being hmm. deliberately evil. It just, you know, it, it becomes evil because of the nature of its purpose. You know, you can't be in a situation where your only objective is to make as much money as possible hmm. without having implications which then, uh, you know, are, are, are bad for some people. Mm. Um, you know, so, so no one sets out to deliberately make people's life miserable, but unfortunately, that is a consequence of you know the the the, the general tenets of, of capitalism. And you know, I mean, there are great things about capitalism as well, but unfortunately, you know, there 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 are there are there are bad side effects, and no one, I I think, really could uh, could deny that's the case. Mm. So what we have here is a company that isn't evil. The argument seems to be over the proportion of organics and humans that they employ, not about the treatment of the humans they because they appear to have it well, pretty. Yeah, easy. Given, given that the, they, the, um, given that they do, you know, Julie Hesmondel has learned about that they pride themselves on the fact that they they employ ten percent organics, which appears to be a um, 
which appears to be like a, a badge of merit that certain corporations you know, are encouraged to do um, on that within that planet. Um, I wonder whether it's kind of the um, the galactic equivalent of a social enterprise rather than a um, so perhaps it's not entirely meant to be. Who knows? Mm. It's set up. It's just trying to have its cake and eat it. It's set up mm. as if with the obvious Amazon parallel. Mm. And I mean, yes, there is a lot of tension there. Most thinking people are worried about the fact Amazon. We've heard the stories about workers' mm. conditions. We mm. know that they don't pay their taxes. But on the other hand, we love the convenience, and we and we all buy our books from there rather than the local mm. bookshop because we can. Have the, they'll have what we want and we can have it tomorrow yeah. so we i think we're all there is a lot to be said for exploring that yeah. and this story doesn't really do it it's mm. it's a yeah it has that comic book feel mm. that the mccoy mm. era had which but without necessarily the political depth even of the happiness patrol which is saying something sure si simon simon the last time we heard from you was about half an hour ago <laughs> 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 sorry i was, Three pseudo intellectuals seem to have taken over the discussion. I do I'm not sure how that happened. No, I, for something. No, I think it's good that we all find so much to talk about with it. So, chat away, chaps. <laughs> I'm going to sip a brandy in the background. <laughs> oh, lovely! I've been doing that while I'm speaking. I can bore you. I can bore you all to tears offline. All about Amazon trying to take over the world anytime you like. So, right. I know a thing or two about the industry. So. Mm. What what's the um, what's the view on fezzes? Fezzes, I like that. I, I like the fact they um that was the when we had that and we had the unicorn and the wasp reference. Yeah, and that's I wasn't sure about that one. That was <laughs> it's it's it was a slight non sequitur, you know. Working 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 in line about the wasp and then said and then have the doctor say that reminds me. Have I ever told you about the line at the time I met? That struck me as a yeah. That was maybe a one of those lines where where it would stand out to the non-fan viewer that that was mm. something that was being put in there as as fans. Who knows? Because she Doctor Thirteen does that so much mm. now. It's uh, she's the biggest name dropper since since three, isn't she? Have we discussed this before? That seems to be one of her things oh, to crowbar in. Bizarre, speedy, non-secretary anecdotes. As I was saying to Boney the other day. It's to be charming. Yeah. About the eighth head. And I'll be marched up there. Yeah. But the Fez was great. Fez mm. is cool. Mm. Uh, that was a good gag because it also... I, I believe... I, I've looked this up. <laughs> People have suggested that the Doctor says he's going to get himself to order a Fez, doesn't he? In one of... Um, oh really? Okay. In an early in an early Matt Smith, so it could actually literally be a follow-on from that. Not that it would make it a better or worse joke mm. if it was a, a proper follow-on, but I just like the idea. Does he talk about some? I like I like delayed reaction jokes. I believe or, um, so. But anyway, it's, it's kind of irrelevant. Things. It's just that's all the Fez business, isn't it? Yeah. But that was a nice. Is that only was been a nice nod. though. I mean, there must be fans up and down the land who've ordered a Fez via Amazon. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Could only have been better if it was a stovepipe hat. <laughs> oh yes. In terms of delayed gratification. Mm. Or that strange thing that Hartnell wears in the pilot episode. Mm. And David Bradley. Whatever that's called. Oh, what is it? Yes. Is it one of those things that's um Is it a chutzpah or something? Have I just made that up? A chutzpah. Well it might be. What a lovely idea. Mm. 
Is, Are we wandering it, off? Are it, we got it, onto how? Is, is, is it a Tottenham hutzpah? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, um, I, I said, I said. I said earlier about Kablam building up nicely to something lurking in the basement mm. and I thought in this is, is this the moment we, we go to a classic monster lurking in the barrel? Mm. I, I thought that was going to be the wall sliding away moment when Kira mm. was locked in that room mm. Yeah. but um, as, you, as you've all said chap she was dispatched with re- probably even more ruthlessly than something with a eye stalk popping out of its head yeah, yeah. coming out of a wall and exterminating her that did stand out, and regardless of whether or not it was justified in terms of story or not, it did stand out because we haven't had... Have we, have, have we had less death this year than normal, do you think? I mean... We had, the, we had, the, nice, we had the, the nice bloke in uh, the medic. Yeah. He was offed. Yeah. Um, we, had, we had Prem in the... Um, Oh, don't count that because that's and and, and that and was dramatically... Ne- a mil- yeah, yeah with the, well, there was the, um, the, in, the Indian... Um, Holy man. We had security guard in... Um... Oh, yes. Oh, yes, that was nasty, wasn't mm. it? To me, I they just instinctively fall into two, two categories. Deaths that are justified and important and deserved in the plot. Yes. And ones that are just thrown in there yeah. to because the writers remembered that Doctor Who is supposed to be a programme yes. about death. So well, it, it, it take, brings me back to that bloke, the, the crane operator in the first episode, where he was brought in and killed within the space of a minute and a half with some atrociously... O- on the nose dialogue about about his lovely granddaughter mm. and how he's looking forward to seeing her again and then he's dead. I mean, that's a ham-fisted attempt to mm. live up to Ru- Russell's mantra that Doctor Who is all about death. Moffat, of course, went the opposite way and had quite a lot of death, which mm. didn't didn't stick. So here, I, I definitely think that there's been mm. less this year. But is uh, it the uh, is oh. it the is it the cuddly half past six Sunday tea time time slot? Can you squeeze lots of death into that? I'm not saying they should. I don't. Um, mm. I'm not one, one of those people who. I, I, mean, I have great trouble killing my characters, mm. so I'm not really the person to ask. I have to force myself yeah. to, and I feel very bad. They killed off that nice Lee Mack as well. I mean, he, you know, he was. Yeah. I mean, he, 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 I noticed that he was playing Lee Mack, but I mean, that was fine. I mean, uh, he. Um, he seemed to, to to form a nice relationship with Yaz while, while they were on screen, and and. Um, yeah, you know, it seemed a bit of a shame to to lose him uh, at that sort of twenty minute mark because he was one of the best better things in it. I yeah. thought. On on balance, I think we the... had at least three people off by spiders. Oh yes. Yeah. Something about the way they did it in this episode just felt more traditionally mm. Doctor Who mm. to me. It just felt it, the structure and the tone just felt more. More familiar yeah. and comfortable. I, sp- I mean, I guess the Lee Mac death, where he's sort of dragged off and you don't really see it happen, is a bit more old school than the uh, the Kira one, where she's sort of blown up in front of you. <laughs> but I pray for that every time I watch live at the Apollo when he's on stage. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, this must have been a dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, don't don't get me started on Michael McIntyre. He might be in the next episode, who knows? Oh, <laughs> I liked the bubble wrap thing, by the way, so I disagree with you on that one. Right. I I thought that was in the great tradition, this sort of great Robert Holmes Auton tradition of making the familiar uh, scary and unpleasant yeah. and giving making children wet themselves. If, if it were familiar. Which I'm told is what Doctor Who is supposed to be here for. You what? I say if it were familiar, then I would agree with you. 
It's familiar to, it's familiar <laughs> I to think, us. I don't like, think I, bubble wrap is... Look, I answered it. Honestly, Richard, I don't think bubble wrap is this archaeological <laughs> relic that you seem to I did delivery of three... I know that, I know that Amazon... I did delivery of three today. parcels from HMV.com today, and one of them had bubble wrap in it. So I think... I'm at least a third correct. Okay. But wait till they have time team set 10,000 years in the future and they excavate um, the undersoil and a lair that dates back to 21st century England mm. and it will be shopping trolleys, bubble wrap, discarded CDs, mm. not mosaics and lovely probably ritual. lovely probably things. We think, we think it's probably ritual, Tony. <laughs> it's so difficult yeah, trying yeah. to keep Doctor Contemporary, isn't it? Because if they'd just waited another few months before writing a story, it could have been a story at the perils of plastic. Mm. So the the deadly the deadly bubble wrap yes. might have had an entirely different spin on it. A planet shrouded by bubble mm. wrap. Perhaps that's where the we're we get are. we get invaded by the evil Rob after mm. Brexit. Yeah, yeah. We we believe that this uh, this bubble wrap was used as a stress reliever. They used to, used to go around and pop the bubbles one by one to yeah mm. yeah. Exactly, uh, and a slight missed opportunity. This, if we're doing missed opportunity watch, which is one of my favourite yeah. things, talking about not what was we were presented with, but what we should have been presented <laughs> Go on with. Then. I mean, well, if one of the characters had been a compulsive bubble wrap popper, yeah. that would have built up yeah. some tension for the final moment. Yeah. But in fact, we only introduced the idea that that's where what the danger is about a minute oh. before it kills Kira. Well, how so about a how about an autumn? one of our, if, how about an autumn? Been... Uh, sorry, guys. How about an autumn? You know, the, the, one of the most terrifying things I saw as a kid was that plastic black chair that suffocated someone in terror of the autumns. Mm. And I was sort of hoping the the bubble wrap would be like that. It would be it would be organic and it would smother Ugh. people. Mm. I thought that's what they'd have done in, in the seventies. It would have gone. Uh, Stuck to her face, and she's yeah. been screaming, yeah. writhing in agony. Yeah, yeah brilliant, proper yes. doctor here. Yeah. You're horrible. Ugh. Just, so, just so, the sort so. of thing to get the, that really yeah. would get to um, probably get send to, the yeah. kids off to bed happy. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I suspect that really would um, fall on the wrong side of health and safety mm. these days, or um, but, or something similar. Yeah. Did we finish the discussion about the? What the message was, the act, the activism. I mean, he's a terrorist. He's an activist who's tipped over the line into terrorism, and it's all glossed over so quickly. The doctor does attempt to make a distinction between the two, but I think possibly if that's the message people are going to walk away from, they should have spent a bit more time in it, shouldn't they? Because, I, especially having spent most of the story telling us that great co- that corporations are there are there to benefit us, despite what you may have suspected, they could have added a bit more balance mm. by. Saying, not in these words, but if the doctor had suggested she sympathised with his point of view, but that I think I think it was messageless, frankly. I, you know, I I don't think it was pro or anti corporation or pro or anti protester. I think it just you know it failed to particularly engage in that dialogue. Is it anti one person killing lots of other? I people? think so. I think that's what we. Well, that's the message I should be taking away with me. I'm going to mend my way starting tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, another thing that that they failed to do was to whip off his disguise at the end and say, you know, oh look, it's the caretaker. Because you know what he what he should have been doing was wearing a disguise. They could ripped it off and then he should have been disguised as one of the robots. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then he would have then they would have said, oh, it was a caretaker all along. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that really is a missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 Paul Morris for script editor. The campaign starts here. <laughs> oh, yes, please. Doctor. 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 Doctor.
Okay, so um, if we go through um, some more general themes, and we've, we've, we've talked a bit about script, we've, we've talked briefly about the companions, we might go into that a bit more. I wanted to talk a bit about um, about Jodie Whittaker's Doctor and a couple of things that I noticed about her. The first one was she can't run for Toffee. Did anybody see that? <laughs> in in, in here's, a, yes. here's the Punjab. She did, I, mean, I mean, I could run better than that, and I can't run. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what was going on there. It's the silly costume, I think. The right. big, the big belt, the the bell bottom bits on the on the trousers, I think, get too much wind resistance when she tries to run. Hmm. I mean, even this, even the slow running in corridors from the nineteen seventies was more convincing than that. Damn, I should have to rewatch. Um. Okay, and the other thing about her was, um, she. Uh, in the wedding scene in in uh, Demons of the Punjab, um, she has a long speech about um, love and about how love conquers all. And you know, I mean, you know, one could argue that's a little bit facile, but I thought it was quite a nice counterpoint to the um, Nicholas Parsons speech in Curse of Frenric. You know, where he's qu- he's quoting one Corinthians thirteen about faith, hope, and love, and the great. The greatest of these is love, but he, the trouble is that by this stage of the of the um, episode, the, he's lost his faith. And he doesn't really believe it, and and he and he sort of can't quite see it through. But so, so you know, at that point, um, Ian Briggs is taking us down the line of nihilism, and uh, in the end, he says, "Well, the um, uh, the communist has greater faith, um, and you know, kind of, it's all about the the um, the cause, but it's but but there's 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 no kind of you know." Love isn't going to win the day there, but in this case, it's the other way around. She she says actually, it's all about, it's all about love, and it's all about um, that. And, and you know, as a, as an old softy and um, as someone who, who who moaned a bit about about the one Corinthians bit, I, I you know I, I like that. I'm not sure whether it's is it is it then coloured by the fact that um, she knows it's doomed, the actual marriage. Don't know. I'd have to rewatch them. I have to rewatch and refresh my mind on that bit. That bit in the well, she could be. I suppose she could be trying to big it up for them, knowing that it's all going to go wrong later. But um, I, th- you know, I, th- I think it's supposedly from the heart. But yeah, I, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't. It seems in keeping with with this doctor that she is. You know, she's quite. She seems a lot sunnier in her outlook than than perhaps the other doctors have been. We haven't. You know, of mm. of late, we haven't really seen. The demons, the demons. Yes, have we? I don't think. Can anyone? No. Point out anything in this no. series where she's. I'm, I mean, I mean, she, she gets. She, she gets. She was freaked out by losing the TARDIS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. Um, on a couple of occasions, that seems to have ag- aggravated her in both Saranga and, and in the opening pair. Um, you could you could argue perhaps that she's depressive in that she seems to to be kind of you know manic on occasions and then kind of very down. But I don't know. I mean that that might that's probably just over analysing it. Mm, no, good point. I guess there have been a couple of points where she's seemed slightly ready to throw in the towel. Certainly after the um in um in the ghost monument after the, mm. when the TARDIS wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. I'm still seeing her as vulnerable and also fallible. Which is interesting, but it's um, not been so, quite, been quite so much in the last couple of episodes. I'm wondering if that's just 
in Mr. Chibnall's episodes, mm. and not so not deliberately a core part of her character. Mm. Question. I guess we will. And uh, I, I don't, I can't remember who said the line, but there's a line in um, Demons of the Punjab as well, which is nothing. There's nothing worse than when normal people lose their minds, and uh, yeah, that's kind of you know, kind of to the point at, at the moment. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Sure yep. Keeping that simple that gives it greater applicability, doesn't it? Hmm. What do you think the uh, the villains, the evil, the personification of evil, the adversary has been in each story? Uh, is it? Can we say it's religious intolerance in Demons of the Punjab? To file alongside the racial intolerance from Rosa, is it simple as that? Yeah, that that those were the those were the demons. Well, they they were human demons. They weren't the they weren't the aliens lurking in the woods. I don't know if I mean so so I suppose I suppose that's right I mean I I don't know in the end if it's so much the religion as just the you know as it as it's the excuse for the antipathy you know they, they it's sort of the celebrate it's a celebration of difference for some reason you know when they could all be getting together yes you know I, I think it was more I didn't I I don't think they really you know I don't think I didn't feel they really went into the religion. The religious issues. No, in, I, but I mean, detail in, in they underplayed s- that because you have to. You're not really allowed to touch mm. on that. In well, obviously, there's a there's a can of worms in who there mm. isn't there. But I, I I felt it's like the um it's the old line from um from I presume Hitchhiker is it Douglas Adams? I I can't remember. But the um the thing about oh they're just using religion as an excuse to be shitty to each other. Um. So what else is new? Mm. Um. It's kind of that that kind of thing. Mm. If it wasn't for that, they'd use <laughs> there'd be some other pretense. Of, yeah, yeah. I think when you say they didn't get too deep into the religion, I think that's kind of the point. It's not, I'm not sure that undercuts the mm. idea that it is religious intolerance, because as opposed to racial intolerance, it's picking something, some abstract quality. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, maybe yeah. not abstract, but you know, mm. a quality that doesn't. And turning it into a reason to. A friend of mine, the Hindu friend, who uh, who was, because <laughs> this is not an area I'm qualified to talk about at all, but he did say at some length on Facebook that um, he was excited for this episode because he thinks Hindus are un- underrepresented, underrepresented on British television, mm. and he was slightly nonplussed at the way the story played out, in that the vi- the villains of the piece were. Hindus, and that's—I think that's just a reflection of the small cast. That you just don't have enough characters to show the full, mm. to show that there would have been good and bad on both sides. Yeah, on both sides of that divide, mm. that geographical mm. divide, that religious divide. Mm. But it's been brought up, so I thought perhaps I should mention it. Yeah, yeah. Because they're obviously trying very hard to be, to be sensitive. Well, I think you can imagine that, that, that there's probably a, yeah they probably don't they probably want to, sh- to show the Muslims being, you know, um, sinned against in this one well, because that's the obvious thing that we see all the time is that Muslims are vilified. Mm. Yep, I think that is probably the case, and it would be a shame if it inadvertently offended. Yeah. Yes. It's the, um, and I didn't, you know, the Hindu yeah. viewers. They, I didn't. Um, but 
yeah, it's hard to tell. And I, I felt like it was, it seemed, it seemed clear enough. Just, but the, yeah, as, as you say, the way you, the way you construct that story of you're telling it in one, one particular microcosm for for budgetary, you know, for budgetary and yep. time reasons. Um, yeah. Then you really. If we had, if we had a seven episode mm. Hartnell landscape to tell it in yes, you could have indeed. you could have covered it for yeah. at least two sides mm. if not more but, yeah you, ha- you can't yeah. obviously you can't go down the 50 minutes yeah, yeah obviously you don't want to go down the cliche of it being the being the into the, the, the muslims who are being the intolerant party yeah. so you're rather we, stuck with having to go in the other direction it's because we because we never even got into the sikhs and the christians did we no no mm. no well, it's tricky, I and mean, it was yes. It is that thing. It's a small scale story. It's very much the it's the it's the am, Amdram equivalent. You know, gorgeous though it looks, it's it's very much the the you know the the Amdram production of Zulu, isn't it? It's the two. <laughs> <laughs> if you know the two, the two, there, sir. <laughs> two guys sitting in a tent on the stage, looking out and going, "Look, there's thousands of them." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's trying. Yeah, trying to capture a, a you know, vast event in that in that tiny scale. Hmm. So yes, I thought dramatically, just to, from my point of view, which may or may not be relevant, uh, dramatically it worked very well and presented these people, these this dilemma in a very human mm. form. So I didn't have a problem. But it's always worth thinking. Oh, def- definitely, yes. Yeah. How many different sides it can mm. be seen from? Okay. Any anything else that anyone wants to bring up from one or other of the episodes, or or just generally about the series? I would just just get a com- um, compliment the music that I mm-hmm. I think the music was just, you know was uh, great in in Demons of the Punjab in particular. I loved that. Um, yeah. And but but in both, you know, in the in last night's one, I I thoroughly enjoyed. You know, I, I like the facts that. Um, Sagan seems to be capable of producing nicely varied, you know, very, you know, soundtracks that sound very different from each other, and mm. you know, tonally, you you really wouldn't know that they were the work of the same composer, to be honest. Um, mm. Which is which is good after um, you know, after you know Murray Gold's stuff, you know, I don't, not to not to diss it, but um, but after ten years of it, yes, you can. You can generally spot a Murray Gold score. The, the ones that had a particularly outstanding difference were relatively few and far between. Whereas he seems to have a slightly more versatile palette, or perhaps it's just the fact that we haven't really heard him work through his entire repertoire. Does everyone does everyone think? Um, Having a TARDIS crew of four is that sustainable within a you know forty-five minute format? Is there enough for them all to do? No, the last couple of episodes have done better than mm. some some of the earlier ones, but I still don't think it's necessary. I mean, the one that's freshest in my mind is Club Kablam, which I watched earlier this evening, and from the very beginning, I could tell that it was being done the way it should be, and the way, the way in which I wouldn't have thought it was that difficult, but just people sharing lines. Within the TARDIS, you you arrive. They share. They split up their shared subplots. Get equal time. It just seemed effortless mm. and natural. Mm. 
I think it might be the first episode where I didn't feel that anybody was surplus to requirements. Underserved, maybe Graham. I don't know. I'm still unsure what the need is for them. By and large, it's not been demonstrated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I don't see that there's any. I think they could, they could so far cope with, you know, they could cope with, you know, with the Doctor Plus two, perhaps. Um, but then, yeah, you see an episode like Kablam, where they quite clearly, you know, the, you know, they did manage to distribute, distribute the plots, as you, as you say, Paul. Um, it's kind of a, it's a logistical thing, and it seems weird that they've. That they've had so much difficulty with it, but then I think it's possible that he only managed it by being slightly more ruthless with the guest cast, as we've already mm. discussed. You can't you can't have really big guest players who stay the duration of the entire story and three companions. Mm. Mm. But anyway, I don't know. But Ju Julie, keep tabs Julie's on part, um, Julie Hesmondal's part was she was in it. Quite a lot of it, wasn't she? It felt like, but there was enough. Oh yeah, yeah. no, I mean, no, I, I see, I see what you mean, though. Yes. Yeah, Chris Noth in uh, Spiders of Sheffield, as I'm going to call it from now on, <laughs> because you lot rubbish the title, which I thought was brilliant. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> you rotters. Um, I oh, thought I, I, I thought Chris Noth was really good in that. Talk about a sledgehammer, a cracker, nut. I'm sorry, I listened back to the last week's podcast and I'd go on for about an hour don't I on why it's not a proper <laughs> pun I I think I need to take a chill pill yeah. <laughs> I want Dr Science back as companion let's have four companions yeah. she could follow everyone around with her clipboard this, this, like that chapter night yeah I mean this is why you know 195 people listen to the podcast because uh, of your forensic analysis of you know when is and when isn't something a pun thank you well I okay uh, do you want me to, I've got some more examples. Down here. <laughs> uh, did you know that the <laughs> fake puns are a, a, a real, um, a real no-no for me? The old two Ronnies style joke of the glowing testimonial. I gave him a glowing testimonial. <laughs> Ooh, painful. That's um, yeah. sounds a bit like testicle. That's not a proper pun because testimonial comes from. T the same root, the same root word, testi, the, in Latin. Right. So it it does come from the, the same root. So it's not a proper play on words, I'm afraid. Yeah. You need. Mm. You always need to know your Latin, and your Greek, before you can decide if the pun passes the final test. Mm. Yeah. Well, a friend of mine did point out that with Doctor Science in um in Arachnids, uh, the fact that the actress was called Tanya Fear, and therefore she had a much better Doctor Who character name than um than the character that she was actually cast to play. Mm. It was boring yeah. old Doctor McIntyre. It should be Doctor Doctor Fear. Thought... Now that would have been um... yeah. absolutely. So was that? Have we finished Puncast? <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, uh, and for that matter, a classic cast or or Greek cast or whatever. Mm. There's more where that came from, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next same time, two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Same podcast channel. Indeed. So, are we are we drawing to a close then? I mean, we've we've we have been yabbering on for about an hour and a half, and that probably is. A... I really thought this was going to be a short one tonight. Yeah. I thought, as we were going to be more positive, I thought we'd be done with about thirty-five minutes and down mm. the pub. Mm. Oh well. Um, yes. So, yeah. I guess my only other 
thought I was going to say. So, so so far we're really not seeing any development of um, any kind of real themes across the series, or uh, or are we? I mean, we're not. So there's certainly no sign of an arc or anything related no. to it, apart from the second mention of the um, uh, of the sensor. Um, yeah, two, two weeks running, running and nothing. sensor, and then yes. nothing. Mm. And, uh. a and a throwaway line in um, in Ghost Monument about about various stuff to do with the timeless child and so on that, that mm. didn't. Oh, um, that yes, that didn't. Uh, didn't seem to get picked up and go anywhere. Mm. Hmm. No, he's leaving that hanging for quite a long time. He's expecting the casual audience to remember it when it pops back in episode yes. ten. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you for reminding yeah. us. Yeah. Um, we've 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 got the um, no returning monsters or no returning characters of any sort um, arc. We've got the <laughs> nobody is actually evil arc. Yeah. We've got the pop back to Sheffield That's every enough. couple of episodes arc. I'm, yeah, there's quite a few things have popped up, and uh, Graham seeing his uh, his wife's ghost mm. seems to seems <laughs> stands out a bit all the more uh, for every week where it doesn't happen. Mm. I guess it was not a stylistic choice; uh, uh, didn't really fit in that episode in itself. But oh well. Mm. Maybe next time they're back in Sheffield, we'll get some more of that. Possibly so. And this is... I don't mm. think we will. I think he just felt like. I just think he felt like putting it in there, and so he did. Mm. So, has anyone worked out what Vanscore Avcolos is a um, is an anagram of yet? Uh, well, I did come up with something that I bunged on Twitter. Ah, oh, was this the uh, was this the missing episode codes? Yes. <laughs> Uh, it, it included all, a, a lot of the good ones, actually. Ah. Um, but no, no, I think is the answer. Mm. Uh, um, it, 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 all, it was almost an anagram of, of a whole bunch of things, but it, it was always missing a key letter when I was looking for, for that. It feels like it should be an anagram of something, but then maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a suitably, suitably Doctor Who sounding word. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Keep getting these subliminal messages from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're probably done, aren't we? Come uh, on, let's go out with a bang, not a whimper. It's the end. Once you've cut out that bit where I... Oh, sorry. Where's my bubble wrap? <laughs> that was lovely. That sounded really moody. <laughs> Do it again. Do it again. What? It's the end. But Thank God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't really prepared for the moment. It's a problem. <laughs> ah, yes. You, why do you never write a script for the outro? Uh, I'll, I'll, we should end with a big comedy number as well. I'll, I'll do it next time. Yeah. Okay. Right. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Okay, bye, bye. Sorry, do you want me to do a version with tat instead of crap? That's so... I don't want us to get R-rated. <laughs> <laughs>
I was uh, thinking about improvising a line about that that piss film more myself. Um, well, if you want to just say they'll watch any old tat, I can edit it in, I suppose. Look, we did a test animation for BBC America who wanted a colour version, but... Well, it turned out they watch any old tat in the US, so they've just banged out a dodgy slide, Joe, instead, and we're left with this load of old shit. Oh, damn <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Sorry. You can't say damn it. You can edit those two together. I'm sure there's a version that's acceptable. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah. Oh gosh, that's, that's more fun than anyone's going to have with the actual sketch. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>